Welcome to the podcast. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I've gone from being in complete overwhelm, burning the candle at both ends, and watching my health, relationships, and business suffer, to creating a life with more joy, ease, and abundance. If you're ready to let go of the overwhelm, reclaim your health, and push past your comfort zone so that you can unleash your next level of success to create a greater impact, then sit back as we delve into conversations as well as bring on guests to share with you tools, knowledge, and real action steps to get you there. Listen in because you never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Hello, beautiful friend. Welcome to another episode. This is an exciting one because it kind of just the date just passed and I realized I have now been podcasting for two years. I remember when I first started it, I thought the one thing that made me nervous was thinking, will I have enough to talk about to get me past even three months? And will I be able to be consistent enough to make it worth it? Will what I have to say be of value? Like I had so many questions. And here we are two years later. It's so exciting. So today I'm going to be talking all about imposter syndrome. If you don't know what that is, stick around because I want to chat about it. But first, I just want to chat about my kettlebell classes. I shouldn't say mine. It really is an amazing team effort in the sense that all the ladies that have joined motivate me just as much as each other. And it's just so much fun. If you are not working out with us on Saturday mornings, please join us. It is just amazing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or you've been training for a little while, uh, this can be adapted to your level. I coach you through how to do that. And it's just, it's so much fun. And the results that the ladies are getting are amazing, including myself. It's been so powerful for consistency and just, you know, giving it that extra little effort that we don't give if we're by ourselves. And it's just super awesome. It's like this beautiful mix of accountability, and then self-motivation throughout the week. And it's just awesome. I just absolutely love it. So if you're interested, check out rockofit.com forward slash KB class. And I will actually put that in the show notes for you. All right, let's get into it. So imposter syndrome. Oh my goodness. So imposter syndrome is, it's when you don't feel that you're deserving of your achievements. You don't feel like you're as competent or intelligent as other people may think that you are. So you know that people think that you're smart or able to do things, but you you worry that they're going to find out that you're not. And that's what I have suffered with quite often. And what's super interesting is I did a little bit of research on this and they said that people with imposter syndrome are quite often people that are well accomplished. Now, I don't say that to say that I'm well accomplished. I say that because I'll never forget when someone that I highly respect and who is super successful, she got up on a stage And she spoke about this very topic. She spoke about how when she gained all her success and was doing so incredible financially that she worried that people would find out that she faked her way there and that it just, she wasn't competent or capable of it. Now, it wasn't true. (laughs) She absolutely was. But that's how she felt. And I was like, whoa, someone else has the same thing these same feelings that I have had for so many years. It's absolutely wild. I'm going to share my story because in hearing her story, that's what 
really put me on the journey of looking back to why I had this and how could I get over it? Because it's not a great feeling. And not only that, it sabotages you. So there have been opportunities that I have said no to because I was afraid that people were going to find out I wasn't capable of doing them. And it's so silly because one of them was really a really big opportunity. So for me, one of those opportunities was to, (laughs) it's so sad even thinking about it, but basically I was asked to do a television series in London, England, and it was all around kettlebells and I was replacing some this girl who had been um, really great and done a great job, but she was kind of done. They were looking for a different energy. And I remember going to, it wasn't even an audition. They kind of contacted me through my website and they're like, hey, can you come and just, we would love to video and just see if this would be a good fit. And I went and it was so much fun. And, um, and then just before we were going to film, they'd accepted, um, I talked myself out of it and I didn't end up doing it. And it was because I was nervous thinking, uh, you know, that was a one-off that I did. That was a one-off great film experience and it turned out great, but I won't be able to do that for the whole series. And that's so not true. And that's the one I really (laughs) kick myself for. And, you know, I started to look back and think like, where else has this showed up? Like what, where else have I done this in my life? And the thing is I gave myself reasons for not doing that. I didn't recognize it as self-sabotage. Like for example, for that television program, I told myself that it was just going to take too much time away from my clients and um, that that's where my priority was. And you know, whatever other reasons I gave myself, they were legitimate reasons. And if I told anyone, they sounded wonderful. (laughs) So, and you know, in some ways, maybe even like humble, oh, you didn't want to do the television program because you didn't want to lose time with your clients. No, it was actually self-sabotage due to this imposter syndrome. So when I looked back, I thought, where, like, where else did this show up? Well, one place it showed up was also at university. I remember um, graduating with distinction. I got a bachelor of education and I graduated top of my class. And I remember thinking, oh, it was just because my classes were easy. They were easier than most. They were an easier combination than most people get. And that's why I graduated at the top. And I also, I remember having this professor who the first day she, she was um, a professor that had graduated from Oxford and she was teaching at the University of Victoria. And it was like a geography course. And it was like one of those electives that I had to take. And the first day of class, she said, oh, most of the time when I get these education students in here, their writing is so poor and they don't do well in this class. And I was like, oh yikes and then in that moment I got like my warrior (laughs) my warrior personality came out and I was like I will get an A on that (laughs) on that paper and you know I did and I did really well and she was very impressed but again I told myself it was because my lovely boyfriend at the time he was really so kind he edited my paper for me um and you know that's a normal thing to get your paper edited but I told myself that that was the only reason I got an A. Like it was just ridiculous. It's not like he changed a ton of stuff or anything like that. The paper was mine, but I couldn't give myself that credit. And I was like, whoa. So what's helped me get through this? Like if you have gone through this, it's such an icky feeling. It is not nice at all. So 
I looked back and a few things that have helped me get over it is one, again, knowing that others have had it. So sharing my story. Um, the reason I'm sharing my story is because again, that's what helped me was hearing someone that I knew really well and respected and thought was like, oh, so amazing, had those exact same feelings. And I was like, wow, this is actually a thing. I'm not some weirdo. <laughs> so then the other thing was looking back as to why, like, where did this start? A lot of times when I was looking at this, um, said that it could start from parents who really put a lot of pressure on kids to achieve well in school. And I never really had that. Like my my mom always wanted us to do well, but she never really, I mean, I remember often she wouldn't even look at our report cards for a few weeks. Like she spoke a second language. She used to just always say, if you do well, it's well, it's good for you. And if you don't, you're the one that's going to suffer the consequences. And so that was really kind of the, the extent of the pressure I had in school. I didn't have any pressure. But when I look back, I realize I did. I put that pressure on myself and it came from inner circles of friends, inner circles of friends where I remember being in elementary school and because English was my second language, I would um, say things that sometimes didn't make a t- like exact sense or didn't say it perfectly. And I had a couple of friends that would like laugh at me for saying things in a weird way. And I that used to really make me feel self-conscious and then I remember when I would spend summers in Portugal my friends there would say things like oh the way you speak Portuguese is so cute like but I always took that as like a negative thing because I wasn't maybe speaking it exactly the way I should or my accent was off or whatever it is so I believe that that's where it started for me and then I also had this group of friends that I always just thought there was two or three of them in particular that were like so smart they would get the A's and they would do so well and you know they were the ones that were going to be the doctors and you know all of that kind of stuff when you're a kid you dream of like what professions you're going to be I didn't even have a dream of what profession I wanted to be in I thought I might go into teaching but it wasn't really something that at an early age that I knew and so I remember they would get those grades and then I would get like C pluses. Like everything was like a little bit of a struggle for me. Now, looking back, I realized it was because English was my second language. And I at home, I spoke Portuguese. And now I'm so grateful for that. It was wonderful to have a second language that feels like it was no effort at all to learn. <laughs> but at the time, it really gave me that kind of um, feeling of not being smart enough. And so I guess that just stays with you for years if you don't look into it or or move forward from that. Now, I can say that I've mostly moved forward from it, but it does sometimes pop in. And it has popped in occasionally with this podcast. With this podcast, a lot of times I will be you know, I will record and I have, will have these ideas of what I want to get out there and I'll have these interviews that come so easy, but then all of a sudden someone will request to be on the podcast and if I check out their profiles, I'm just like, uh, you know, they have a ton of followers and they're so knowledgeable and I get so, um, I don't, I wouldn't say I get nervous at all. I love, cause I just love interviewing people and I love talking. I don't get so nervous, but I get that feeling of, Will I be found out that I'm not as good at this as some people maybe think that maybe I am? 
And so it does pop up. It doesn't pop up as often. I've done a lot more work on myself to move through that, but it definitely has been a thing in my life. And so when I thought like, what can I talk about on this two year anniversary? This really came out when I was like, yeah, yep. It still pops up occasionally and it pops up with (laughs) the podcast. So my friends, if you feel this way, look back and ask yourself like why? What the biggest thing that's helped me is telling myself that it's simply not true. We don't have to believe everything that we think. There's a great quote I think that says that you don't have to believe what everything that you think. And that is a hundred percent true. <laughs> like so that's the biggest thing that gets me through is really being aware of the language that I'm using with myself and also just kind of being present with those emotions and acknowledging them and letting them pass. Like they dissipate very quickly and they're gone once you acknowledge them as opposed to trying to resist them a lot. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Kyle Cease, but Kyle Cease, he's amazing. He was a comedian and still is a comedian, but he teaches meditation. He's on YouTube. So if you want to Google him. It's Cease, C-E-A-S-E. And the way he meditates is so interesting. I love it because it's basically doing nothing and letting these thoughts come in, which they always do through meditation, acknowledging them and letting them go. And it's been so powerful to do some of um, the meditations with him. He does them on YouTube and then he'll coach people through them in YouTube on YouTube. It's really super fascinating. And I love that because for so long for me, meditation was really hard because I would just think, but all these thoughts keep coming in. I don't feel relaxed. What's going on? And his way really is the most powerful um, way of meditating. And I think it's just finding something that works for you. And he's really worked. Um, his methodology has really worked for me. It's been incredible. And I bring that up only because of how I think it's really been a great tool, even when it comes to imposter syndrome, that I can acknowledge it, be like, okay, I just, you're there. I don't have to believe what you're saying. And then it just walks away very quickly, quicker than it ever used to, rather than becoming some uh, crazy cycle or again, self-sabotage. Because I don't want to get let go of amazing opportunities and experiences again because of that. So it's really important to work on that if it's something that you are dealing with, or maybe you know someone that is. But anyway, so that's what I wanted to share with you today on the two-year anniversary. It's not this day, but it was in November that I started the podcast. And if you're new to the podcast this year, the podcast used to be Coffee Talk with Rosa. And then um, I changed it on the one-year anniversary just to my name. And the reason being, I really couldn't think of a name and I didn't feel like Coffee Talk was an amazing name when it came to approaching incredible people for interviews. And I couldn't think of anything. So I was like, okay, until I can actually think of something, I'll call it my name. And (laughs) it's really about not letting these kind of things uh, become excuses for not doing the work. So it's just a name. (laughs) And the most important thing is getting the message out there. Okay, beauties, have an amazing, fabulous week. If this spoke to you in any way, please share it on social media. It would mean the world. If you could leave a review on iTunes, I don't know what's up with iTunes. I feel it's a little bit glitchy lately. And, um, but if you can do your best to leave me a review. It really makes such a huge difference to getting this message out there. And I would so appreciate it. Have a fabulous one. Thank you so much for listening in today. 
I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new. If you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.